Bergeron wide open. Charlie McAvoy. He'll skate it out. McAvoy gains center at the line. They cross on side. This is Marchand. He scores! Brad Marchand wins it in overtime. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Hour two of the show with Chris Ranji and Dave Sherapan today. Hour two of three as we get into some Stanley Cup playoff talk this morning. Uh, the the playoffs are ongoing. A lot of stuff is happening. A lot of uh, good stuff. And then there is the bad stuff. We touched on that a little bit early on w- w- with Dave. But now we are joined by Jeff Davis. Uh, he is a bookmaker at Circus Sports. And Jeff, first of all, thanks for being with us this morning. And secondly, the punishment for Mark Shifley. Is that about right? I don't work for the NHL Department of Player Safety, nor do I care to. Uh, everybody in social media seems to have an opinion about how many games a guy should get and whatever their opinion is 100% right. So I put no stock into it. Whatever they say goes, uh, I make the lines accordingly and uh, go with it. So how much did it affect the series price, Jeff, because the Canadians, it's pick them tonight in game two, and they're minus 210, 220 in places. I mean, is it a big deal? Well, it's a huge deal. He's one of their three best players. Uh, this series has been really weird to me because I seem to be of the only one of the only people that thought the, the line in game one was absolutely nuts. Ridiculous. Uh, the line the, the line tonight is what I made the game for game one. Uh, open the series, roughly pick them up, bet to Winnipeg minus 35 before we closed. Uh, and now that Shifley's out, the number is back to where it is. So Shifley <laughs> is not worth the 40-cent move that you see. I think some of it is the market correction saying, wow, how did we steam this game to minus 40 the other night? Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. That game played out maybe as Montreal is a small favorite. Uh, I have Montreal about minus 07, minus 08 uh, without Shifley. But again, you got to respect what the market did in game one. So it was actually a really tough series price to price because, you know, given where we opened it, where we closed it, you took Winnipeg money along the way. And if I use the number that makes the most sense to me, we're going to be heavy on the Mont- The number is going to be on the Montreal side. And we're just going to take more Winnipeg money. So it's really interesting to, you know, what do you hang? Do you hang what you think is the right number? Or do you just hang a number that's just not going to get more Winnipeg money? I have this series with Shifley out around Montreal minus 250 minus 255 somewhere in that general vicinity uh, I, I think there's some value betting Montreal to win this series uh, out there available right now I, I just I, I watch Winnipeg play and they can only go as Connor Hellebuck goes and you know maybe Ehlers and Connor have a phenomenal series and can put the puck in the net but uh, this team just they give up so many chances Winnipeg and and yeah, Montreal doesn't have the high, high-end finishing talent, but uh, when you're giving up the shots and chances, every time you looked up in game one, it was two-on-one going the other way. and uh, They keep doing that. It's going to be a short series. Yeah, generally speaking, how do you handicap a team in a series like this when it's their goaltender that's sort of the star of the show? And if either he's 
he's got to be great in order for them to win. Or, and if he's not, then they lose. Is it, is it more difficult to handicap a team like that? Winnipeg has been one of the more difficult teams to find a right price for this season, because metrically they're awful. Uh, definitely bottom of the league in, uh, you know, ex- expected goal share, high danger chance cha- uh, share, but what saves them again, like you said, Hellebuck went on a top two or three goalie in the league. And, you know, when you have guys like Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers and, and Blake Wheeler, they have a higher ability to put the puck in the net when they take shots. They're just, so they tend to outperform their metrics a bit, which makes it really difficult. You find a lot of disagreement on this team amongst, you know, I guess number makers, uh, if you will, I, I don't buy them at all. I haven't bought them at all all season. I'm not going to start now. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's hell a buck for, or, or bust for Winnipeg. Before we get to tonight's game uh, where we live in Vegas, um, your Bruins, I mean, just how is it always Marshawn? I just want to know. Like, say, how is it always him, Jeff? Seriously. He's just that guy. There's always one every generation. We had Claude Lemieux uh, before him, an incredibly talented player that is always on just the other side of the line from clean, from physical to dirty. He's always just towing that line and going over. And he's the guy that if you're a fan of any team, not Boston, he's probably your least favorite player in the NHL. And if you're a Bruins fan, you'll love him. The guy's incredibly talented, phenomenal player. Uh, that series, I have no idea, and I haven't had any idea all season, how the Islanders win games. Uh, they, It's Barry Trotz has some, like, magic potion because they're not any good. They don't – I mean, Barzal can really skate, but he's not a goal, he's not a goal scorer, great playmaker. They're in a break of true – you know, without Anders Lee, they don't, they don't really have a goal scorer, and they just get – dominated for huge chunks of game and they did last night and you know they they for once they controlled uh, the overtime and ended up losing but yeah the islanders are a, a mystery to me but yes to your point dave brad marchand is just he's that guy he is absolutely that guy he it you saying that about him reminds me of ozzy Gian when he was the manager of the Sox, and he said about aj pierzynski if he's on the other team you hate him if he's on your team, you hate him a little bit less. So, but I'm sure, I'm sure Bruins teammates love Marshawn. I'm wow. sure they think he's fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you gotta love any, you know, any team sport. You gotta, you know, you put aside the personal differences and you love the guys on the ice. But yeah, Marshawn is is he's a he's a special player and there's only one like him. So, so uh, uh, Dave did bring up tonight's game. Uh, sorry, Dave. He, he did bring up tonight's game. He's got his Golden Knights hat on right now. He he's looking for a comeback in this series. What what are the the chances you think that happens? Uh, I don't want to go as far as to say slim to none because Vegas was very good in game two. Uh, once they got through killing a few too many penalties in the first period. Uh, you know, they really controlled the game. And you you look at this Colorado power play, you think they're going to score every single time they're on the ice. I mean, just the talent level is something serious. And if Golden Knights take as many penalties as they did, 
uh, early in game two. This one's going to be over early. Uh, if they can stay out of the box and keep the game at five on five, it's a different story. But you look at these teams, and the one thing that it's burned Vegas in the playoffs, and it burns them, it burnt them in game two. They just don't have that finisher. Like, yeah, Pacioretty can put the puck in the net. He's a good goal scorer, but they don't have a guy. And, and if you don't have a guy, you can run into what you ran into in game two. They had so many chances to score. And, you know, credit to Philip Grubauer. He was he was great in game two. But you, you look at last year's playoffs, they couldn't beat Thatcher Demko. They couldn't beat Anton Hudoma. They put 45 shots on net, one goal two goals, one goal, and it's just not going to work against Colorado. They've got to get to the dirty areas. They've got to make it difficult for Grubauer. Um, you're going to see a raucous crowd at T-Mobile, uh, full capacity. It's going to be nuts, but again, how long does how long does the crowd have the energy does at the beginning? Does the life come out of the building if Colorado scores first? I mean, you look at the game, the number I think is absolutely right. Uh, I think I have a Colorado like minus 105 or minus 106, uh, putting in a pretty giant home a home ice advantage for Vegas. So, from a betting perspective, on the on the side, there's really nothing out there for me tonight. But uh, I'm very excited to watch what figures to be another incredibly entertaining hockey game like Game Two. Are you going to the game, Jeffrey? No, no, I, I haven't looked at the prices of tickets, okay. but I am afraid to look at the prices. Of tickets. <laughs> um, I was going to say because if you are, I might meet you. Maybe we can work something out. But I was going to say if if you do, and I know you know you you'll you know at work if you're off whatever you take the bets, but you go to the game, you got one trip to the refreshment stand, Jeff. What are you getting when you go? Like when you go to the game, what is your what is your ballpark or playoff game food item of choice? So, you know, obviously it's going to depend on what city I'm in. Generally oh. speaking, T-Mobile Arena, they have these little like carving station sandwich yes. parts around the outside, and you can get like. Sometimes they'll have like you can get like a prime rib sandwich with the horseradish, or they'll have some type of fresh carved turkey with the cranberry sauce and the stuffing, like a Thanksgiving sandwich, if you will. Uh, the food options at T-Mobile are really good. Uh, there's another barbecue joint in town called Roland Smoke that has a, a stand in T-Mobile that uh, you, you know get yourself a nice pulled pork sandwich before the game uh, goes with a crown and diet quite well. Um, yeah, that's uh, that would be the direction I go. Uh, usually, I try to be smarter because you know of stadium pricing. I try to get something to eat before I go to the game. But again, sometimes sometimes that's not possible. You know what? Look look at us here. It it used to be you go to the game for a dog and a beer. Now it's like <laughs> I want the pork tenderloin with the mango chutney. That's that's what I want to have today. These nachos with jalapenos, that's not good enough for me. There's pulled pork over here, and then and there's steak and horseradish sauce. That's what I need. Well, that's what we always need. I mean, <laughs> to me, the hot dog, the hot dog is a staple at a baseball game. And if I was going to a World Series game, I would order a dog from the guy lugging the cart around. And, you know, back at Fenway Park, they'd have the Fenway Frank, and you'd open the foil packet, and there would be two little 
service packets of the Goulden's brown mustard. You put it on there, and there was nothing better. But now, give me the prime rib sandwich. Uh, it's just, I mean, who are we now as a people? Who are we? Uh, it's just, it's it's so funny to me, but we're all right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but we're all right about this. Um, Jeff, before we let you go, the memorial this weekend is, is happening. Is there a play that you like or a, a, a bargain that you like out there? Well, I mean, it's, you know, given, given the tournaments in play, it's really tough to, to give out anything now. What I, what I did find interesting was how the board was laid out. It was Rom, and then there was eight guys all the same price, 19 to 1, 20 to 1, because you look, there was huge renovations to this course uh, in the offseason. They moved a bunch of greens around. They took a big hill out on the par 515. Uh, you know, so they changed it a bit, but now you look more. Kyle goes out to the lead early early yesterday, and he played well here at the Workday uh, last year. And, you know, I'll reevaluate when this round is over and see if there's any value on the board. But uh, looking at it now, I feel like it's going to be, you know, the class, some, there's some classy guys kind of near the top. And, and I feel like it might be one of the shorter prices ended up getting it done. I mean, we, we are we are looking at here uh, Morikawa right now, four to one. Rom is it at nine to one? As you've mentioned, this is uh, you know the, this tournament is underway already. Justin Thomas at twelve to one. So, uh, do you do you like to do that generally? You wait through round one, and then you know you talk about it again on Friday, or you revisit on Friday. Yeah, I usually revisit at the end of each round. Uh, living in Nevada. Uh, in-running golf is not something that's readily available. Um, plus, as you're watching, you know, you're watching it on TV. A lot of the shots you see are two, three, four minutes behind. So a lot of the stuff is happening on the course. So you're not actually seeing what's going on. It makes it very difficult to bet live. Uh, I would rather wait, look at how guys hit the ball, maybe try to figure out who played better than their score or whose score might have been a product of maybe the guy didn't hit the ball that well, but made a couple of 50 foot putts, maybe look to avoid those guys. And, you know, maybe it's easier to make some deductions about how guys played after, uh, after the round is done. Jeff, you got like 30 seconds and I'll throw you a softball. Are the Red Sox good? No, <laughs> they, can hit, they can't get guys out. I'm on, I'm on team Carl with this one. Uh, Dave. Okay. All right. They're not good. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're, I don't want to say they're bad, but they're, you know, I don't think they're a legitimate World Series contender, if you want to put it that way. Okay, fair. All the right. run differentials plus forty four, fellas. They're they're doing okay. Jeff knows he's a Red yeah. Sox fan. He I, I just, I, I want to know how they get guys out in the playoffs. We'll we'll figure it out in October. Jeff, appreciate your time today. Thanks You're for being best. with us. <laughs> All right, guys. That is Jeff Davis. Follow him on Twitter at underscore junkyard, uh, professional bookmaker at Circa Sports. And Dave, I know you've been itching to talk about the the Stanley Cup playoffs. Your Golden Knights, they're at it tonight. We're going to get to that next because there's stuff you want to say. And I want to hear it. All right. Let's let's talk about this game tonight. Uh, You're listening to BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network.